Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav, that is Chris, and this is Liverpool History This Week. Before we start this show, though, Cody Gakpo has been announced as a Liverpool player in the last couple of minutes. Um, Chris, a £27 million deal, rising to whatever, and runs until 2028, is that right? 2028, according to Paul Joyce, I think it rises to 44. So okay. I think in today's market, that's kind of a standard going rate for a winger these days yeah, so, so. T- 37 with seven add-ons um that, yeah yeah okay well that'll probably involve winning a league or a european cup or something like that but cody mm. Gagbo has been announced a liverpool player subject to world permit and will join the club on the 4th of january um we will be touching on that and more in the 10 o'clock show because this is the first of two shows tonight and um, we're treating you all tonight so there's two shows this history one and then we will have the um transfer show at 10 p.m. So, if you have any Gakbo stuff you want to talk about, or Enzo Fernandez, or Joe Bellingham, or Moses Saicedo, or anything like that, hold off. Keep your cans ready until 10 o'clock, and we will go through that. Okay. Um. Right. Liverpool history this week. Okay. Um. We're gonna fly through these. Uh. There's five days. Um. Of this, so we're going to do this. Um. Here we go. The first one is the 26th of December. 26th of December, Chris. Um day after Christmas Day, Boxing Day or Stevens's Day, whatever you want to call it, depending Boxing on what part of the world you're in. Stevens Day. Um, Boxing Day. Okay. Well uh, I'm gonna start you off. In nineteen sixty three, Roger Hunt uh, gets four versus Stoke in a six one win. It's Shankly's one hundred win in his one hundred and eighty eighth game. Do you remember watching a lot, a lot of Roger Hunt? I don't mean in your lifetime. I mean just got watching back on Roger Hunt because I've watched quite I've, a few clips of him and he was lethal. I've seen clips. I've seen clips in uh, my grand my granddad's always talks about Bill Little and then he went into Roger Hunt. They were sort of the two he always talks about. Uh, but I, I mean, look, I know Roger Hunt is still the all time goal scorer for us in league goals. Correct. I know Rush has got it all time for everything, but yeah. just league goals, he's all time. So you know, that's the level he's at. I think Rush has 346, but Mm. I think Hunt has something like 244 in the league. Which is mental, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's 280-something or something like that. Um, um, Yeah, it's something like that, 280 in total. Rush holds the all-time score, um, Mm -hmm. and then, um, of course, Roger Hunt. And I'm still, when I, I, not the first thing I think of when I think of Roger Hunt, but I'm nearly sure Roger Hunt scores like the first goal on match of the day or something like that. 
you possibly might do. I just remember it's it, it, number eight. Always the thing that gets me. Roger Hunt and the white, the white Liverpool kit with the red trim. Mm. The old, the old one. That's what I think of. Of course, he's the only Liverpool player who started the World Cup final and won it. Yeah, in '66 for England. So you know, he's very well done. But he's a he's a strange character in terms of. I think once he retired, he pretty much goes into obscurity. Don't didn't really see him on telly. Didn't really see him doing much punditry. Kind of just went off and did his own thing. You're kind of like done my career. Was dead good at football. I'm off to do something else. Yeah, because he uh, go on. Is there, I think he ended up living in uh, Warrington, which is not far from me. Yeah, that's what he, I'm sure if someone looks it up, um, have a look up around Roger Hunt match of the day. I'm nearly sure he scores like the fourth goal in match of the day. Or, um, I could be wrong. John Summer says, saw Roger, what a legend, scored in the World Cup mm. final, I think. Did he score in the World Cup final, Roger Hunt? I don't know. Google it. I don't, I don't think he did. Kieran B wants me to compare Rush to a striker today. I'll have to have a think about that because Rush was unbelievable in nearly every aspect of what he'd done. Uh, Jake says, Gav, seriously, just announced Gakpo and you interrupt. Shocking, shocking planning. Listen, <coughs> And they never let me know they were going to, um, you know, announce this we planned, today. We planned this weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> um, we planned this show about eight days ago. Um, but look, uh, Gakpo has been announced and we will talk about it um, at, at 10 o'clock when everyone gets all the news and watches all the videos and stuff like that. Um, would Rush be a bit like Torres? First thing I think of Rush is, he's the fourth striker I remember that pressed defences. Press defenders massively. Um, but I'll have to think about it. Garmax is Rush 3-4-6, Hunt 2-4-5. But I think Hunt got two all them in the league. I'd love to know what his overall was, but maybe maybe he holds it around two hundred league goals. Um, let's skip on though. Uh, Nineteen ninety, Gary Gillespie plays his two hundred game um, for Liverpool in a one all draw at QPR. I just wanted to throw it in there because Gary Gillespie very rarely gets a mention, but um, what a good player for Liverpool Gary Gillespie was in two thousand and eight. Um, Robbie Keane scores two versus West Brom in a Trina win at Anfield. They are his last goals. For Liverpool, his last goals on the 26th of December 2008. He shortly goes back, shortly afterwards, goes back to Spurs. And just quickly on, on Robbie Keane. Um, it was such a disappointment, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, but... It felt like a good sign at the time, though. It did. And there was flashes of him getting goals and linking with Torres and maybe him, Torres and Jared maybe got in each other's way a little bit. But when you look at where we were at the Christmas and what we're, we're trying to win a title, was it a bit... Cut your nose off to spite your face by Benitez. A little bit, yeah. I, yeah. I kind of thought, my thought was always like, if you don't want him, fine, get rid of him. But bring somebody in. If you can't bring somebody in, you you know, to be fair to Klopp, you know, let's be honest, he probably wants Shakiri gone two years ago before he did, but he's still there's an option just in case. You know, because yeah. the lads we had as backups for Torres were useless. Mm. Let's be honest. You'd rather saw Robbie Keane coming off the bench, going well, just in case. You know, at least you know he could have done it. You know, what, would six months really have killed him? Yeah. I don't think it would have done. Uh, but it's clear that uh, Benitez just didn't want him. Yeah. Clearly didn't want him. Uh, Thor's point. I've forgotten that Torres was still. I meant England. Sorry, sixty-six. He's the only Liverpool player because yeah. Callaghan only gets his medal a long, long time later. Yeah. Um... But look, that was Robbie Keane's last two goals. Um, I think Albert Riera scores you a goal in that game. Uh, Garmack uh, does let us know Hunter overall was 285. Yeah, I thought that. I, I mm. thought Hunt was on about 240 in league goals, 280 overall. So, Rush with 346 overall is, of course, the top scorer in Liverpool's history. I'm going to probably stay that way unless Salah keeps going till about 37 because he's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. And we get on to him in a minute. Um, the last one for the 26th of December is Fabinho's first goal for Liverpool. 
Um, and a final win at home to Newcastle. Yeah. Had a one at near post. Yeah. Um, I remember being in the pub for this and nobody had coverage of it. Um, we so were we trying have... to get... I was in my brother's house trying to get a dodgy stream. Yeah, dodgy, oh, we, I was couldn't, in the pub. Couldn't get a, a stream to work either. So we all saw the highlights later and it's good header, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, well, the thing is about that, and I always remember because I was in the pub and I was like, I'm not sure if there was an early game on even that day. They were all like three o'clock because it might have been a Saturday. Um, in 2018, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I know I was in the pub, and they definitely didn't have courage, coverage because we were watching the racing on the telly while trying to update phones for scores. And um, Lovren, Salah, Shakiri all score. Um, Fabinho does get that goal front post where he gets a, a header in there, and makes it. Um, it's a four 0 win against Newcastle. But that is the, that is the 26th of December. Uh, let me see. John Summer says he worked in his college, his fa- family haulage company after he retired. Roger, are we talking Roger Hunt here? Yeah, Roger Hunt, um, and number eighteen for Cody Gakpo. Um, just a little update for you there, just so people aren't um, falling just down. So, yeah, just falling so dirt count, falling yeah. dirt count there. Yeah. and um, who was Minamino eighteen? Yeah, Minamino. yeah, Minamino was eighteen. Yeah. Okay, twenty seventh of December. Let's move. Uh, twenty seventh of December. We're gonna start you off in nineteen eighty two. In nineteen eighty two, Kenny Dalglish gets a hat trick in a five two win at Anfield. Um against Manchester City and the reason I put that in is because um, I don't know how many hat-tricks Kenny Dalglish gets for Liverpool I'm not, I don't think it's too many but mm. the reason I brought it in is because Mo Salah with that goal um, at Villa Park yesterday um, It's level now isn't it was it, it was, yeah, was, was it was eclipsed he has equaled I think equaled or gone I think equaled or gone past Kenny Dalglish um, for the amount of goals for Liverpool I think it's 172 around that um, in like 200 games less. 200 games less or something. And Daglish did, Daglish did pass or, or posted a nice Twitter, <coughs> sorry, a nice tweet about it. Um, but Daglish, a hat trick on this day in 82, the 27th of December. And, you know, to see Daglish nearly passing on that baton to, to, to Salah and going, you can keep going and see how many you can get. But it's, it just shows um, the, the sort of man he is and, and the sort of goals that Salah just scores is unbelievable. Um, 1986. And the reason I put this one in is, right, this is the last game that we have played on the 27th of December, right? Oh, okay. According to Liverpool history, don't they? Ian Rush with a 1-0 win, uh, with a goal in a 1-0 win away to Sheffield Wednesday. It's the last game that we have played in the, on the 27th of December, um, which is mad. I, I, and when I read it, I was like, Mm, does that need updating? But they're usually bang on, so I thought it was interesting. But I'm trying to fly through to the last bit here. I'm being honest with you, Chris, so you can have a good go at it. In 2001, Sammy Hippie <coughs> is um, announced as the Sports Person of the Year in Finland. Of course, Sammy. I love Sammy Hippie. Yeah, in the year 2001, he does. He is part of that team that win the treble. Um, but he is Sports Person of the Year in Finland. And in 2017, we announced the arrival of Virgil Van Dijk. I was thinking about this when it flashed up. Uh, where were you when it got announced? I was in. I was in my sister in law's house. I'm nearly sure I was in my sister in law's house drinking Christmas drinky thingies. And um, I'm nearly sure it was announced then. I, I 100% I was. Yeah. Uh, I was going with my me da- me dad to watch. It was one of the Star Wars films that just come out. And literally, as I sat down in my seat, he announced Virgil van Dijk, and I was getting a bollock off my dad because he's like, Come on, we're going to watch this 
this film is fucking rubbish as well. Absolutely horrific. Yeah. Uh, and I spent most of the film. Don't watch, the don't watch Star Wars. Scroll on the film, <laughs> trying to work out all the, all the contents. And my dad was fucking fuming because basically he said, watch the film. I've no idea. I didn't watch it. I was too busy. Too busy looking at Virgil van Dijk. So I didn't get up like, well, he, had, he did arrive in te- in, on the 27th of December 2017. Of course, after all the issues that went on in the summer, and mm. um, we, we probably paid a 25 million tax on him, to be honest with you, but it was well worth it because what he's gone on to win at Liverpool and absolutely buzzing um, when he signed. And he, of course, his first game is at home to Everton, isn't it? Um, in the FA yeah. Cup, and, he's, and he scores the winning goal, um, which was amazing. Um, but look, 27th of December, I live long in the memory of everyone. Not so much for games, unless you've seen Kenny's hat trick, or unless you were in Finland to see Hippie win the uh, <laughs> Sports Person of the Year, or indeed in '86, where you're, if you're at Hillsborough to see uh, Ian Rush scoring a one-nil away win. But um, 2017 and Virgil Van Dijk um, will live long in the memory. And, and I'm being honest with you, when I was on LiverpoolHistory.net, because I use all their stuff for this, I am, I'm not going to pretend I know all this out of my own head, but the amount of detail in every day is incredible. Like I could literally sit here and just do one day and do like an hour show on it. It's incredible. So um, there'll be loads to go back to as we as we continue this show, um, hopefully into the future. Um, let's get on to the 28th. So the 28th of December... Here's a few bits for you. Just pick three for this one. Um, 1999, Fowler scores his 150th goal in 260 games in a 3-1 win versus Wimbledon. Um, Owen and Berger, the other scorers. And it's a great landmark for Fowler, though, but is this around the time where you're not sure about him? I'm starting to... People are starting to be unsure about him, injuries and stuff like that, but it's... um. I just love talking about Robbie Fowler, Chris. I'm being honest with you. I love it. every time oh, I read his name and read a goal he scored. I'm like, let's just all go off and watch Robbie Fowler go. Yeah, you you look at the goals he scored. You know that left foot yeah, was outrageous. You know, it's just the range of sco- goals he could score. So that's why he's such a good finisher. It, they weren't all like tappings. You know, he he scored some absolute buttes. Uh, and listen, when we get to later in the year, we'll, we'll talk about 2001 because he scored some absolute gorgeous ones in late 2001. I think he, he learned to adapt his game because I think I read an interview. He basically, said his whole left knee is pretty much rebuilt. Mm. You know, so he had to relearn his relearn his game almost because his, his left knee was so badly damaged. You know, which is unfortunate because it's mad he didn't get as many like. Um, look, England had a lot of strikers around that time. You know, Shearer yeah. and whatnot. But he always felt he wasn't used enough. No, he's, so, he's, so, he's someone who could finish that much. I mean, unfortunately, he probably suffered a year later. The curse of for him, the curse of Michael Owen, because Michael Owen was fit and scored that goal in the '98 World Cup, and that probably hampered his England career a little bit. I mean, listen, Liverpool won't care about that, but he, he felt a bit underutilized. I always felt, mm. um, but for Liverpool, it was great. I was gutted when he when he left first time. Um, I was I was gutted as well, but you could see that you could see it. Him and him and Hooley and, and then it was Phil Thompson in the other. Yeah, there was there was issues there, but. Just I, I just love talking about Robbie Fowler, so that's why I brought it up. But he still has an incredible goal scoring record for Liverpool and, and to this day I still think he's the best the most natural finisher I've seen at Liverpool because we talk about Hunt, we talk about we talk about Rush there, you can go on and talk about whoever Torres or whatever you want, but natural finishers I, I still to this day haven't seen a better one at Liverpool. I really, really haven't. Um let me see. Two thousand and five, on the twenty eighth of December two thousand five, it's Derby Delight at Goodison for Liverpool in a three one win. Um 
Now, Crouch scores where he rounds the keeper. Gerrard scores off a deflection. I remember Beattie scoring for Everton. And then Cissé scores where he kind of wins a tackle down the left-hand side and bends one in the corner. But I completely forgot that Gary ne- or, or Phil Neville and Mikel Arteta both get sent both off. Sent. Both get sent I, off, yeah. That completely went down my head. And, and when I answer. read it, when I read it, I said, this is, no, this is why I'm doing this show. Because, Chris, I completely and utterly forgot it. Yeah, the Neville ones were two like, late ones. Uh, the Arteta was hilarious because the second it was, it was pure petulance and he just walks off because he knows he's going. Uh, I watched, where did I watch? I missed the first goal because I was away with, with um, well, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, in a hotel in North Wales. So we, we were having a meal in the hotel. So as I got back to the room, um, it was already 1-0. So I only saw, only saw the goal at half-time and I saw the rest. But Liverpool battered them. They were... F- they were, I mean, they're never saying they're fucking atrocious. That CSA goal, though, is ridiculous. Yeah, I still don't quite know how he bends it. It's not, it's just not think, somewhere if where I remember right, from. If I remember right, I think Keel plays a ball down the channel and he mm. chases it, and the defender comes across and he manages to just it's Weir, I think it is. David Weir is yeah, not the quickest. CSA takes a bad touch, but then gets onto it, and it is, I think it might be Weir, and the ball just, um. The ball just manages to get through to him, and he just takes the touch, and he bends it low on the ground into the far mm. corner. And it was at a time where Liverpool are two up in the first half, and I, I'm not—I don't know if BD scores. I think he might score in the first half. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and then it's we and say scores early enough in the second half, and you're like, thank God for that, because it could have went one of those where, oh, you know, we're, we're all over these, and and next the ball. Um, but I think know, the beat the BT goal was something like the first goal Liverpool conceded in like. Fucking ages, because yeah, no, you have said that. Uh, that goal we conceded against Everton's association was the first time we conceded in the league for ten games. That's why it's such a shock. You're like, we don't concede goals. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I'd quite I like mean, that. I'd quite like that problem now, to be honest. But yeah, well, we, we're, we're <laughs> European champions at that stage, and and it's one of those where you know. Um, why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's one of those where you, you can really see beneath has like tightening this side, you know, tightening oh, like, yeah. a grip on the side. Um, 2008, um, we romp home at, at, at Newcastle in a 5 1 win. Now, Gerard puts us one up, and I think Hippia makes it two. And we batter Newcastle on that day. We batter them. And Shea Given is making save after save. Um, I think it's Edgar. Edgar, Edgar. is the guy's name. He. I think it's back to 2-1. And it might be 2 yeah. one and a half time. Um, and then Babel, Gerard gets another one. And I think that's the one where he's put through and chips given. It's Luca, Lucas puts it through like a Chevy Alonso yeah. pressure. And then and he chips it. Babel gets ba- one. And then Alonso penalty, I think, near the end. Yeah, he back heels it. And uh, he, uh, Babel's a back heel from like a two yards out. Yeah. And then I think... Um, yeah, man, Edgar takes, Bab- takes I want to say, in gog down. Yeah, it's babbling gog uh, trying to do a one-two turn and Edgar takes him out and then Alonso was on the bench. Yeah. We're trying to rest him, came off the bench and scored the penalty. Yeah, so we'd only just took Gerard off, so so it that's Newcastle's um second mention. That's, um Bolton But that's also then we're following that game. we following that game, that's where we had um, the incident with Gerard, wasn't it? Was he involved in a punch up? 
Oh, um, uh, Southport Nightclub. Was South, that one? Southport, yeah. It was yeah. just well, they put on a title on a t- one of the few titles we had, and they were going, oh, I could have done that, that really, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see now. Let's get on to the 29th of December. Um, gonna start us off here in 1996, a 1 0 win away at Southampton. Um, Graham Souness is Southampton, and Barnes Precision wins it. Do you remember the goal? Is this the one in the, in the cream kit? No. No, I'm thinking of a different one then. Oh, no, it might be. Is it the one? The one, the one I've got in my head, but it might not be the right one. Is the keeper goes to clear it? Dave Besant. Dave Besant, but and these wide have gotten the force of bar and bars hits it aside for the first time. It might be the cream kit out. actually. I have visions of the yellow kit. Sort of a child, correct me. Is it that goal though? It is that goal. Dave ah, Besson right, okay. runs to the corner in the Dale. Um, to clear the ball that he, to stop it going out in the corner um, kicks it goes along the ground it's shuttling along the ground and the camera's following it and next of all it just comes to Barnes he doesn't even touch it he just hits a force time like a pass but it just goes so slow towards the the right hand post <laughs> as you look at it and Besson's is running and running and running and just can't get back to it um, and it reminds me a bit of the, do you remember the one against um, Porto do you remember oh, when the, the keeper, keeper comes out and the keeper's running like something I, out of a fucking Benny believe, Hill film? Yeah, I still can't believe for that one. No one's ever done the gif and put the Benny Hill music on it because it's the most comical thing I've ever seen a keeper do. Yeah. Um, Tor, the dyslexic polyglot, polyglot, which is a mad name, it's just Tor as I know. He says, should have been 10 versus Newcastle, Gav. Yeah, that day against Newcastle. Oh, and I think, we go, I think we go a couple of years later and batter them again because the two kind of mad ramps up there, you know... Um, Merging to one. John Summer says it was the cream kit. It was the cream kit. You're right. I, I'm thinking of a, I think it's a Fowler winner in the yellow kit mm. and it might be 94. Um, with that, remember the yellow one with the black liver boards all over it that everyone yeah, hated yeah. but it's actually a beautiful jersey. I actually thought that when, I, when we first when we first met I said what's your favourite kit and I said that one with the, that one with the kit's got all over it. I, mm. I've still got that somewhere. It's absolutely trashed now. I, I had it with Fowler 23 on the back with the proper Adidas numbers and everything. Mm. And I don't know where, um, I don't know where it's gone. And, it, and it's, uh, do you know what? People you know the way people collect jerseys and stuff like that? And, you know, that they'll be worth a fortune and you see all this, ret- and to be fair, I love going down these rabbit holes of retro jersey companies, like, you know, the Secret Show Company, Classic Football Shorts, all these sorts of stuff. Um, and you look at them and go, geez, look what that's worth. What's th-? I, on hand on heart, I give I gave away so many jerseys to younger cousins, um, younger kids on the street, and I just gave them away not thinking like, do you know the green and white ninety five one with the squares? Mm. Um, the only one I ever kept was eighty seven, eighty eight red, which I still have, and I've an eighty nine, ninety candy I think in red, but um, yeah, it's it's um. Yeah, well, I, I, I just given. I, I even went up to the attic last week because I was showing you guys in the Telegram group covers of the. Uh, you weren't in at the time, but VHS covers of like the official video of the '86 World Cup and oh, right, yeah. ninety and '82, and I've kept that stuff going to stays. But the jerseys, I was terrible for. Like I'm, I'm. I remember buying scarves on Anfield in like the mid '90s and giving them away to lads because they were younger than me and they were starting to follow Liverpool and you want to give them something and go, listen, mm. Liverpool are fucking great. And I give them away so much stuff. Um, Kieran B says, your memory is unreal. I don't know if that's me, Chris, or somebody in the chat, but um, 
yeah, I have a weird memory when it comes to Liverpool, to be honest with you. Um, I've, started, I've started watching all the BT now. You know, BT do their movies, and they do one about 90s uh, Italian football. It's how Channel 4 got the rights and created Gold yeah. So when I, seen the re- when I seen the replay of it, there's some Fiorentina kits. I'm going, oh, I might have to go and start trying to find I, some retro shots. Some of the Fiorentina kits look great. I am... Um, like... You see, Italian, we're off on a mad tangent here, but let's go. Right? <laughs> Italian football, James Richardson, sitting with a cup of coffee reading um, Gazetta della Sport, which was a pink newspaper, mm. remember? And he used to sit there and go, oh, hell, how are you? And, and then he'd go, let's talk about fucking Juventus and stuff like that. And it was brilliant. And they used to show on a Monday night. Um, no, that was on a Saturday. Um, I'm really sure it was on a Saturday on Channel 4. And so- Sunday night was the, uh, the live game, wasn't it? Yeah. And then on a Monday night, the Irish TV channel, which was RTE2, or Network 2, it was called at the time, used to, at half nine on the Monday, show Italian league highlights. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you got all the highlights on the Monday. So you could enjoy James Richardson on Saturday and Sunday. And anyone that's old enough, um, anyone old enough that's Irish might be able to back me up on this. Because a lot of people, when they tell me this, going, no, there wasn't. There was. Monday night, half nine, um, was like um, Italian football highlights on Irish TV. I just love the Sampdoria stuff. And I'm not... Oh, I, yeah. Nothing about Sampdoria. They played in Genoa and they, you know, and they had some dead Mancini and the, the likes. But I just loved Sampdoria. James Milne actually says there, I loved Sampdoria. He loved the Sampdoria kits. Um, the other one was the uh, Palmer kits. Palmer had some nice Palmer were well. great. But the Milan stuff from the late 80s was great because Milan were ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. Mm. You know, Van Basten... Hullet, Roycard, Boban, Baresi, Maldini, um, your man in goal that I always forget his name, tall, lanky fella. That's that sounds like a bit of a mad thing to say. Um, but um, Milan were, were special, absolutely special. And you know what? Um, but the Sampdoria gear, I don't know why. But then I remember, like, you know, you'd be watching Cagliari playing and you know, Bologna, a lot of different teams. And, and you know what it was? Even when the first manager games came out. I always looked for Italy. Can I go and mm. manage in Italy? I don't know what it was. Um, but yeah, look, that's Italian football. I don't know how we've ended up there, but we have off the back of John Barnes scoring at the Dell against <laughs> Dave Besson. But that's how fucking things roll. Um, <laughs> but listen, um, you're in at Liverpool. And um, let me think. Rory for Chelsea, John Roy Cav. I had to struggle with my parents to stay up for on a Monday night, very early 90s. Yeah. Um, John Summers, like Foggia and Cagliari. Foggia. Foggia was. Wasn't that where. Uh, Beppe Signori started at Foggia. I'm nearly sure he did. I could be wrong, John. Check it out. But yeah, all the names come rushing back. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, George Weah, of course. James Milne says, yeah, he scores that ridiculous goal at the San Siro around 95. Mm. He just runs the pitch and starts barreling off people. It was it was amazing. But where were we? Uh, 29th of December. I'm going to bring it to 2001. Um, Owens 100 goal for Liverpool. Um, comes in 2001 on the 29th of December away at West Ham in a 1-1 draw um, also in then 2002 we draw one all away at Arsenal on the 29th of December Danny Murphy puts Liverpool ahead Francis Jeffers wins a controversial penalty for Arsenal and Thierry Henry converts it for about his 28 goal against Liverpool um, <laughs> that was in 2002 but I want to go to this one 2018, Firmino's hat-trick against Arsenal, 5-1, 
on the 29th of December 2018. And again, I was in the pub. And I just told you I was in the pub for another game there a minute ago, which was the 26th. And um, my wife sent me down the pub on the 29th as well. Get out of the house, 2018. Um, and I, I remember an Arsenal guy in the pub where he went one up with through. Robertson balls is up. Robson balls is up, and it falls to. Is it Nathan Niles? No, is this not the ball that's fizzed across? The... Robson tries to chip it up or something like that. I'm no, sure no, balls. I think that's a different game. Oh, sorry, that's different game. He balls. Yeah. This game is where they, they, they get down the left, he fizz it across, goes right to the back post, and I think it's Maitland Niles at the back post. Yeah. And he, does Arsenal... a weird, he does a weird dance. When yeah, and scores. there's an Arsenal guy in the pub, just one, and he's like, oh, look, you're finished Christmas, and this is you, are finished, and Liverpool just go bang up the other end. Firmino scores off a mad fucking thing going on. Then he dribbles through the whole Arsenal team. Uh, makes it 2-1. I think Mane makes a 3-1 off a long bottom Robertson from a corner. And then Salah scores a penalty and it's 4-1 at half time. And Firmino then gets the penalty um, where Salah gives him the ball to make it his hat-trick. And I, wasn't, uh, I, I really because... felt at that stage, that was 18-19, I really felt at that stage, nobody stopping Liverpool. Yeah. I remember that game because when um, Salah gets the penalty, it was around the same, I mean, Salah was getting accused of all sorts for winning so many penalties, which is ironic because he doesn't get that many. But I remember Virgil van Dijk at half time has to step in front of um, oh, who's the big Greek fellow who's playing? Oh, um, Socrates. Yeah, he, he was trying to he was trying to go he was trying to grab Salah. Yeah. He, I think he's just trying to intimidate him because he because he's won a penalty. Yeah, but Salah and goes then, boy. Salah goes boy. It might be Socrates or something, and he just pulls out of him. Yeah, he just clips him. It's it's, a, it's, a, it's still his penalty, but it was just funny because that was one of the few times you saw like I think Gomez and van Dijk trying to body him. Yeah. He seems to back up when he's on Van Dyke walking. I think I yeah, Van Dyke, and you see, and do you know what? We don't see that aggression from Van Dyke often, but in the World Cup, no. recently, he absolutely upends Paredes. I think um, in that's, that game that against my, Argentina, th- that was the highlight. Me, Emmett, and Kev. Yeah, <laughs> else, he just went over and didn't didn't run him. Just just ran <laughs> at him and just the yeah, man just bounced. <laughs> Um, I think we might we might need to bring an Italian football element into this show at some stage because there's loads of people into it. Um, let me see. You saw more of Italian football than anything else back on then on Council mm. TV, says Red Steve. Yeah, Italian, like genuinely, Channel 4, um, which, believe it or not, in the early 90s, you didn't get in Ireland. You know, right. there was two channels in Ireland. There was, R- it was RTE 1, Radio Telefish Ireland 1, and Network 2, it was called, which later changed to RTE 2. And you needed to have the thing called Cable Link in order to get more channels. Now, when I say more channels, you got... BBC One Two UTV Channel Four. Um, you didn't get IT, it wasn't ITV by the way. It was called UTV in Ireland, which was Ulster Television. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, and um, you, I think you might have got Eurosport as well, which that's why everyone in Ireland knew um, Alberta Tomba the skier because that's the only person that was on Eurosport in the early nineties, I think. <laughs> but it was just, it was, it. I don't even know. Like when you're watching football in England in the early nineties, you know, it was all. Um, it was. BBC One, BBC Two, ITV and Channel 4. Yeah, but when you were watching English football, it was all like, grounds weren't great, miserable. But then you were watching Italian football, sunny, and everyone was real fucking, you know, everyone was real exotic. And it was like, yeah. you know, what people mentioned there, um, uh, Batistuta, you know, oh, what a player Batistuta was. Absolute animal in goal. Um, unbelievable. But, Buffon, Buffon at his peak, and he was outrageous on the saves he did. Yeah, and Buffon started off at Parma, and I think he, had, yeah. I think he's still there now. That Parma, that Parma, they had Crespo and all sorts of it. Yeah, Lillian Toram, um, yeah. 
I had um, I always remember the guy that played for Santori Viekavod was his name, um, <laughs> but they had a did did Parma have Lentini as well? But there was so many good players. But listen, if if we're going through the history of Liverpool and you want to throw in Italian stuff or anything you mentioned, it's a good time to do it. Throw it in there because we don't get enough. Especially when Liverpool are playing every three or four days, we don't get that opportunity to go off on these tangents every so often. And I love it. And um, I love people's I love people's memories of of what's gone on. Um, let me see. Um, what else have we got? Oh yeah, Kevin's right. They only they just had the World Cup, so their their stadiums were brilliant. Do you know what I love most about Italian football in the early nineties? And it sounds mad. The Nets. The okay. Nets were brilliant. I loved, I loved the Red Nets at Anfield. All right. Uh, I loved. I, wait. I could be asked that. No, I loved. No, no, no. Do you remember we brought back the Red Nets under Rogers? Didn't like mm. it. But the Red Nets at Anfield were like, you know, there was kind of like these really thin bars going back, and then the, the net was kind of half mm. hung on them. Loved it. I loved the Nets at QPR and Upton Park. Loved the road in Upton Park. You know, they were real shallow to the goal. There wasn't much space behind them. I loved the Upton Upton Park, but the Italian stuff was just like it wasn't too shallow, but it wasn't too deep. But they had these nets that weren't the net wasn't squared. It was, and when the ball went in, the ball went missing in the net and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was. I'm going off on a mad tangent, but yeah, the Italian football just everything about it was just amazing, amazing in the early nineties. Cannavaro says hack on, yeah. He was a Parma as well. They had a serious fucking team, Parma did, um, when, when you oh. actually look at who they had. <laughs> a lot of them with the events in the end. Yeah, they did. Um, well, are we finished on the 29th? I think we did. We finished up with Firmino's treble. Right, last one of the day, um, the 30th of December, 1971. Chris, I'm going to bring you right back to you. 1971. Oh, yeah, remember it well. All right. Yeah, well, some people... Looking at me and you, probably think we do uh, remember it well. Yeah, speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Ron Yates goes to Tramiel on, on this date in on the 30th of December 1971. He played 454 games for Liverpool, scoring 16 goals. He had two league league titles in an FA Cup. He was a £22,000 signer from Dundee in 1961. Um, I think Ron Yates is the first... Big captain. I think yeah. it's the four. I think it's the first one, isn't? Isn't he the one where Shankly says, "Walk around them, look at them, look at what he's, a colo- he's a he's a colossus." Yeah, he always and, tells and, a story. And, of, and that's where he wants them all dressed in red. And Shankly made him dressed in the red kit. Yeah, because for such a big, powerful, he was quite a tip, quite a quiet bloke. And he said, like, and he got out, and then he said, "Look around." And he's a colossus, and he said, "He said he felt like he said he felt like a red bird." This red kit. Uh, I had the honor of meeting him. Um, I was probably probably one of the European games in 05. He was in the crowd, in the old main stand. You used to always end up meet some of the old pros there. You'd, you'd see him there in the games. Like he, he was, he was lovely. You know, really nice to talk to. You know, even then he was fucking huge. He was just like when you stood next to him, like going, oh yeah, they weren't they weren't kidding. Like he's a he's a massive bloke. Like very very sad. Unfortunately, he got um, public got Alzheimer's unfortunately, yeah. but yeah, he was <coughs> the start of the first big Shankly team. Him and him at one end and Saint John at the other end. Yeah, uh, really, really good player. Yeah, and to think like twenty two thousand from Dundee in nineteen sixty one, which probably felt like an awful lot in nineteen sixty one. But when you see what you know, when you see the honours he gets 
for Liverpool between 61 and 71. You think, yeah, two leagues and FA Cup. There's no charity shield and stuff in there, but you know, he, he wins the, the first. He, he wins Liverpool's first FA Cup as captain. Yeah, yeah. So and and the thing is, um, it's you know for younger people like I see MC in the chat there MC is younger than all of us and he said this was last week and I'm literally doing this show just for MC whether it's a man or a woman I'm not too sure but uh, MC's also upset at me as well yeah he says uh, Chris had Ron on the back of his jersey at 71 at the age of 14 absolute bastard but no but, but MC was very honest last week and said look I'm a lot longer than you a lot younger than you and you know I remember this and I remember that. And and the whole point of this show is A, to tell you what's gone in Liverpool's history, but B, try to get you to go and look into it more. You know, like it's very easy to go on YouTube and you'll find compilations of different players. And I always say, go and watch John Barnes, you know how it works. But going into Liverpool history down there and then just picking a season, picking a game, just pick any season, pick any game, and then just keep going from there. And you'll find that, you know, this player playing this, who's that? Oh, click on him. And then it goes to, you end up hours of reading, and it's absolutely amazing, and that's why we. Um, John, that's, John Summers, John Summers also right as well. Uh, Ron Yates scouted Sam Hippie because he's a scout for Liverpool. Yeah, so he, he's the big reason Sam Hippie against Liverpool as well. Yeah, MC, um, MC um, is trying to make up to you, but Kieran, but Kieran B uh, <laughs> says that MC's avatar is in blue and it looks like it's Man C. Um, so there you go. Um, you can make it out whatever you want. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Uh, 2011, there's a comeback against Newcastle at Anfield. Um, Liverpool win the game 3-1. Do you remember this one? Daniel Agar scores an OG to put Newcastle 1-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to picture it in my head. Bellamy oh, gets a brace. Gerrard comes off the bench to score. And Liverpool win 3-1. And I have to be honest with you. When... I've got vague recollection of the Bellamy goals. I can't remember the Gerrard goal. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> I don't remember this game. At all. And I should do because on the 30th of December 2011, I would probably be in somewhere having a drink and watching Liverpool. Definitely watch the game because I watched them all, but just cannot remember. So it's one of those where I kind of go, yeah, I know Liverpool won. Um, the Bellamy Brace should stand out more. Because he didn't do many of them, let's be honest. No, but it, it, it just doesn't stand. Even the Agar, it's just something that's not triggering me at all. So I might have to go and... Um, Check it I out and, and see how we're getting on with that. But it's just something that has not triggered me at all that game. Um, but that would be that would be that would be in his thirty nine shirt as well, wouldn't it? That, that's around the Kenny times, isn't it? Um, yes, 2011. yeah, yeah, eleven, twelve, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Hodgson would have been sacked in <laughs> December two thousand and ten. <laughs> Kenny would have taken over January two thousand and eleven, so we would have had that half season. So this is the season mm-hmm. when we end up win um, in the FA Cup and League Cup final. But yeah. um, just on Bellamy, mm. did he just was it wrong place, wrong time from? I think when first... he signs in two thousand and six, wasn't he forced under Benitez? And I'm I remember watching. He was good, I thought, because I thought he gave us some pace. But yeah, he was. Do you remember? Do you remember the 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 charity shield final in in I think Cardiff. Cardiff. Against beat Chelsea, Chelsea. Beat Chelsea, and we yeah, looked frighteningly fast. Yeah, so I was happy when we signed him, and it's funny because when you hear, apart from I mean, look, I know we had the big fallout with Risa, but whenever he gets interviewed, he's really, really respectful of uh, Benitez. He had a 
great to have him. But I think he was pretty honest when he left, which was Liverpool have to sell me to afford Torres. Mm. I think it was Torres. And he said, like, that's the way of the world. That's the way it is. When we re-signed him, I was pleased to re-sign the game because we needed a bit of experience, a bit of a poacher. But you do hear some stories that he was a bit of a bellend in his second stint. Because mm. I think there was a game he wasn't getting... I don't think he got picked or he was on the bench for that and Liverpool losing. And he basically tore into, you know, the manager should do this, the manager should do that, you know. And probably Gerard fronts him and basically says, who, who the fuck are you to talk about Kenny? You shut the fuck down now and shut up. Mm. Apparently, apparently shrunk and said yeah. no one saw him after that. Yeah. So... He, he he had his, he had his moments, um, but I think he'd have suited more being in a four two three one or a four three three. Mm. Um, I think as a as a front two, I don't think it's I don't think it suited him. Yeah, um, he's probably wrong era for him to be honest. Um, Jarrah gets a pat on the back from Pardew coming on from the bench as he was coming back from injuries. As Rory, he does go on to score. Um, Bellamy, uh, Butterpan says Bellamy was very inconsistent in his mm. opinion, um, and Red Sea says Bellamy was an aggressive Barros. He'd more to his game. Dan Barros, in, in 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 the sense that he'd more vision than Barros, and that's not hard. Stevie Wonder had more fucking vision than Barros because Barros just head down and ran. But um, and he definitely had an attitude here on me. But I've I've listened to interviews from players. Um, I listened to one um a podcast with um David Bentley, who ends up at Blackburn, and he's like he's there with Robbie Savage and Bellamy, and he was like, "What's Bellamy like?" He goes, "Pure winner, pure winner." Hard on you at times, but absolutely pure winner. And you know something? I think he was good for Liverpool when he came back in the second spell because we needed I, something. I we, saw him. We needed I saw him in an aggression. We did need aggression at that time. Yeah, I saw him in airport security. It must have been. Oh, it probably would have been for his, just before we signed him for his second stint. I think I was oh, flying away with work. And what you don't realise until you see someone is. He is quite. He is really small, mm. you know. And I, I'm not a particularly tall bloke. He's a bit shorter than me. Christ Almighty, he is an absolute unit. Mm. Which you sort of went. For, can I just wonder how for such a small player he got it? But he built. There was like nothing. Yeah. It was just pure muscle, and you could just tell. Look, he was just a you know, hoodie and a t-shirt. But you, know, you look something thinking, Christ Almighty. Yeah. You, you're thinking. Yeah. I can see now why no one knocks him off the ball as easily as you think they do because he's massive. 2015. On this, on the 30th of December, um, Benteke gets the only goal away at Sunderland in a 1-0 win. And this is around the time where Benteke is missing one-on-ones all over the place. And I think he misses one in this game as well, but ends up scoring the winner. And MC says, was it only me that was excited to sign Benteke at the time? He was ripping her up at Villa. I don't think he's on his own there. I think there was plenty of people that was excited about Christian Benteke signing for Liverpool. I was excited about signing him because he kept scoring against us, which is always a trait. The only thing I found weird at the time was if we're signing Christian Benteke, why are we selling all the wingers? I know that mainly these wings are Stuart Downing. They're not great wingers, but you're going, but we've got no wingers. So that is half of Benteke's game. You cut mm. from underneath him. So I kind of felt we didn't set him up for the right thing. And it became quite clear. And you sort of get the impression from Benteke from interviews you've read with him. Um, Klopp did not fancy him mm. and pretty much said to him, yeah, you're, you're going to be a sub-player for me and when the season's over, you're, you're gone. Yeah, Because I got the impression either he didn't want to buy into what Klopp wanted or Klopp just went, he can't do what I need him to do. Yeah, Because uh, he says it all, because, you know, uh, you know, Europa League final, we rushed uh, Origi back to get him on the bench and he comes off the bench and he's nowhere near fit. 
Yeah. And Benteke gets about two minutes because he just doesn't just doesn't fancy him. Um he's one another player we probably just signed probably a year too late. Yeah, and there was the big thing about it was the big thing about like he signed in the summer of two thousand fifteen. And, you know it's one of those where Firmino comes in in the summer of two thousand fifteen as well and, and there's all there's all this talk about well Roger said if if we're getting Firmino I want Ben Teke and there's all this sort of stuff going on. Roger shouldn't be at the club anyway. Um there's he, that, he loses six one to Stoke and shouldn't be at the club, but <clears throat> it started to look like what are we trying it's, to do here? Because Firmino, Firmino fits what you're trying to do if you play him centrally. But you can play him centrally with Benteke. And Firmino ends up playing left side of midfield for Liverpool. Oh, he um, plays wing-back at all sorts. Yeah, it's, it's all this, over the place. This is when the whole um, transfer committee thing came out. And, who and you know, very cl- people think are very clever in the press, you know, what guy in his laptop thought signing Firmino was a good idea. You know, I mean, this journalist went on to write for the the paper we won't name, and now it does work for Man United. So, sort of shows the mentality. But it just didn't look joined up thinking because you kind of went, if you want Firmino and Bateki for two different players, they don't they don't match for what you want. Mm. You know what I mean? It'd be like like we've said Gakpo today, which looks like a left sided forward could play central. You know, yeah. it sort of fits in the way we think. You know, if we went and just bought like a equivalent today of a Peter Crouch. You would be looking at clock going, What are you doing? Yeah. That well, that doesn't work the way we play. Yeah. You know, so that's how it kind of kinda of like you bought players for two different teams. Yeah, it was it was a bit <clears throat> it was a bit of a mad one. And finally, um, for this week in Liverpool's history, in two thousand seventeen, the tour to December, um, it's Coutinho's last game for Liverpool. Um in mm. a two one win against Leicester. Jamie Vardy puts Leicester uh, ahead. Um but Mo Salah gets a a brace that, that day um, to Spins make it Harry 2-1 Ma- to Liverpool. Spins Harry Maguire, doesn't he? Spins Harry Maguire, yeah. Spins Harry Maguire and puts one away and the first one is like he's coming across to go with it and you're like, where the fuck are you going? And then he just he just buries it. Um, yeah, so Spins Maguire, Maguire's like still got all of his ba- of, of Salah's base legs. When he runs off, his base layer is like, looks like it's like two foot longer than his arm because he has to pull his base layer back up. That's what yeah. you try to yank him over. Yeah. Because Van, D- Van Dijk was, I remember because Vardy scores, and the camera goes straight to the crowd because Van Dijk's in the crowd because yeah. he's just been presented to, to Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and then Coutinho left the way he left. I've got to be honest, I wasn't sure if he was going because I just thought, I can't see him selling in mid-season. But then all the stuff came out with um, Nike leaked it. Nike did a leak of Coutinho. Oh, a leak Bar- video of yeah. um, Barcelona. Coutinho and Barcelona. And he deleted it very quickly. He thought, yeah. that's a bit odd. And at first he thought it's just someone on social media playing silly buggers. And then you realise, oh no, he's actually going. Mm. Um, which is because this all this all comes from the summer where he he um, had a bad he had a bad back uh, he had a bad back before the first game against uh, Watford and then he actually comes back and he's like I think he's in the best form he's ever been at Liverpool for goals and assists yeah. um I think he gets a, he gets I think he captains Liverpool in, in against Spartak Moscow yes scores hat trick and a, scores in, a hat trick yeah he's, um, he's deadly in that game but what people forget is there's a slide endorsement with Coutinho which is. He refused. He has a bad back. Doesn't play against Watford. Has the same bad back for the away game to Hoffenheim, which is to get in the Champions League. Yeah. And at the time when we got drawn, Hoffenheim, we're all went fucking hell. That's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were. It's a bit like standard. Good. It was like John when Benitez got standard Liège. Yeah. You're like, oh fucking hell. That's yeah. like the, it was like the standard one time Liege, he didn't want. Didn't standard Liège have um, 
Flanini and all uh, sorts. Yeah, of... yeah, Flanini, yeah, and all them. Um, I remember that, but you know what? He, he's in the best form, like you said. They're winning, but you're kind of going thirty to December. What's going to happen here? And eventually, he goes. His bad, bad, bad back came. Though. Well, he goes the next day. <laughs> he has to go. No, he doesn't go the next day. He goes about a week later. Um, yeah. It, very early January. But like you said, Nike do leak that Barcelona Coutinho kind of promo video, and then it's um, it's taken down straight away. Where everyone's going, oh, listen, you know. And first of all, people thought it was Barcelona trying to roil Liverpool into selling them, mm. but. Obviously, we knew at the time, and it ended up being forty-two million pounds, which was fucking uh, madness. He, but but then you see him there; he's at Villa. He comes on for six minutes the other day against us. Klopp's giving him a big hug before the game. He's a shadow of himself. And I actually think if he stays at Liverpool, I think he's still at Liverpool now to this day. Probably is. I think probably. he is. I think um, he is a hundred percent. Yeah. The one the one thing it did do, and not that not that you'd have wanted a player of that quality leaving, is the front three then. Was the front three, which is Salah, Firmino, and Manny, they all went up a level. Yeah. And before the Roma game, um, Chamberlain came into his own. Mm. He looked so comfortable because what people we forget is our midfield three then was Chamberlain was a shoe in, and then it was a fight then between Milner, Genie, and Henderson. It was two of them three play. Chamberlain starts every game on the right. Yeah. Because he was he was really good. And he took the mantle on of I'll be the goal scorer from midfield. And then unfortunately blew his knee out against Rome and unfortunately he's, he's never the same player. But I don't know, you sort of think if he stays, you know, well Liverpool should be better for it. But he did get other players to go up level because you yeah, haven't got and, the main and, man, and to, man to pass it to. And the money they get from him is actually ridiculous in the end when you think mm. about it. Um, for the output you've seen from Coutinho since, but I still think if he doesn't go, I think he's still here. Um, it's just one of those players where I think Klopp would have just Klopp said it to him: stay and become a hero, go somewhere else, and just be another player. But that's how mm. it goes. Listen, gonna leave it there. Really enjoyed that. Um, if you're watching, hit the like button, subscribe. Um, if you're listening, um, give us a review or subscribe on your podcast app. And give us a five star review. It does really help. Um, and you know what? Um, we're gonna we're gonna try to do this once a week. Um, we, we we're not bothered if many people watch or listen. We just enjoy doing it. So um, yeah, and the, the whole Italian football um tangent tonight was great. So we might see that again next week. Thanks a million to Chris. And um, thanks a million to everyone in the chat. We will be live in about ten or fifteen minutes again for our transfer show. It'll be me and Kev that time. I'm off to get another can. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Podcast Network.